0: a dose of hope.com. Today's guest is Michelle Abraham, podcast producer, host, and international speaker. Michelle was speaking on stages about podcasting before most people knew what they were. She started a Vancouver based podcasting group in 2012 and has learned the ins and outs of the industry. Michelle helped create and launch over 30 podcasts in 2018 and has gone on to launch over 200 shows in the last few years. She wants to launch yours in 2022. 14 years as an entrepreneur and eight years as a mom has led her to a lifestyle shift, spending more time with family while running location-independent online digital marketing business for the last nine years. Michelle and her family have been living completely off the grid, lakeside boat access for the last four years. Michelle Abraham and Robert talk about Michelle's get-it-done spirit, just figuring out how to solve a problem and get paid. She started multiple businesses and fell into podcasting and has really found her place, helping others create and launch successful podcasts to support their businesses. Michelle, thank you so much for joining the show today. I'm just excited to have this conversation.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Robert. I'm excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. So I usually let our guests just share their own entrepreneurial journey just to give people a background and and give us a starting point.
1: Well, for sure. My entrepreneurial journey started actually as a child, my dad was an entrepreneur. So I kind of got like the inside scoop of what it was like to be an entrepreneur. And although a lot of our family members made fun of my dad, it was the joke was, well, what job is Wayne doing now? Or what what, what business does he own now? Because there were so many of them. Um, I got to see some ups and downs. So I got to see some bankruptcies. I also got to see some successes. And I got to see that throughout the whole thing, my dad was really um, passionate about what he was doing. He loved working. And he loved the adventure of it all. And I thought, you know, that's that's a great way of living, no matter, you know, even though there's some ups and downs, there's always that adventure part of it. So my first business, um, I started when I was 26 years old, 25, 26 years old. Um, and that was in the fitness industry. And so I decided to have a boot camp location, a boot camp, and it was called uh, Urban Hit. And it, I put an ad in the newspaper and I hit. $10,000 Ten thousand dollars in my first month of business. So I opened up this thing, and I was like, "Wow, well, that was easy, and that was a lot of fun." <laughs> and it just kept growing from there. We hit six figures in like the first six months, and I was one of those businesses that was like not sitting around waiting for customers. I was like, "Holy crap, I have a lot of customers. What do I do with them? And what are these systems I needed to put in place? And what was the bank account I needed to open? And what did I need to register for my name?" <laughs> so it was like oh, totally backwards from what how most people. Start their businesses. Um, And that, so that business taught me a lot of lessons. We soon moved into a studio and then we grew to eight locations. I licensed across our province uh, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, So that was my first experience being an entrepreneur. I'm going
0: to, I'm going to jump in there because I think you mentioned backwards, but I think, I (laughs) think you did it right. (laughs) i i mean so so run with this because i think so many entrepreneurs start out and they're so worried about getting the name and the logo and the 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 picture and the colors and and they they get caught up in all of this stuff before they ever start and then of course as soon as you start all of that stuff changes absolutely yeah it's so true you hold on to this logo that doesn't doesn't mean anything to your business. It doesn't, it doesn't fit the business that you're building. And and so I think doing it backwards, you had mm-hmm. some advantages because now you know who your ideal customer is because you got a hundred of them. And right. you know, and you know <laughs> what your logo should look like because you can match it to what you're actually doing. And and yeah. so I think I think there's some real advantages to to doing it and thinking about it a little backwards. Focus on what yeah. you're doing first. And then put a name on it, then put the colors on it, then put a logo on it, then go register it. (laughs)
1: Right. I think it was that like proof of concept first. Right. So we knew we had something good and now we need to figure out all the back pieces. Although that's really challenging to do when you're really busy. <laughs> so <laughs> It was uh, interest, interesting, interesting, um, interesting how that happened. But yeah, I think you're right. It was, I mean, it was fun. We leaped and went with it and I uh, didn't put too much thought into like the whole year journey at the beginning, we just thought, okay, well, let's just try the six week camp first and see what happens. And, uh, yeah, to our surprise, it was, it went off like rockets. So it was a lot of fun. We learned a lot of things. And then slowly over the next like couple of years, we started to put those foundations in place. Okay. Maybe we do need a website now. Maybe we need to register the company. <laughs> maybe we, we need to do things properly at that particular point though, it would have been really nice to find someone who could tell me how exactly to set up the business finances properly. <laughs> because That would have been really helpful at that moment.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, and that, that can be the challenge too, is right. We're entrepreneurs a lot, a lot of times tend to think, well, I'm the expert, right? It's, it's hard right. to ask for help.
1: Right. Yeah. And it reminds me of the e-myth, right? Where it's like, you're the expert. So you start a business, but then also you're from the manager, which you're not really that good at being the manager. And it's like, <laughs> you know, the e-myth is so right. And I, it was one of the first books I read in business because I was like, I need to figure out how, how to I was, I was the, um, what did, what does he call it in the book? I forget, but the, I was the the technician, right? The technician that was good at doing the camps, but not necessarily the bookkeeping, <laughs>
0: Absolutely, well, and most entrepreneurs start that way they right. they they don't have any idea what what all these systems and processes they they need to have and and even you know but but a lot of times they get caught up in making the website and the social media plan and all of these things, and they're not doing the thing and at least you started out doing the thing and then we figure out what what we're missing right <laughs> filling Yeah. filling in the gaps.
1: Yeah, it was interesting, and my next business actually is funny because those were my clients, those people that were so worried about all those things. And so my next business, um, as I started to have kids, um, the fitness um, studio was in a different town than where I lived in, and so that commute became too much. So I ended up selling that business, and I opened up a, a co-working space. And we happened to be the first co-working space. Again, this is 2013, first co-working space outside of the downtown core area of Vancouver here. And it was interesting. We opened up. I opened it up with. A friend, and we opened up this space, and we're like, okay oh, hey, now we know there was a reason why people don't need co-working spaces in the suburbs because their houses are so big and they have offices so here we are with this big space and no one to come into it and so and we were just a little it's funny actually because 10 years later in that Saks exact same neighborhood there's now 10 co-working spaces we were just a little bit too far ahead of our time for that Dang concept <laughs> and in fact we were trying to look for a daycare to be attached to the co-working space specifically wow. for new moms because we were new moms and this is what we were looking for but that was way way too ahead of like bylaws and like all this kind of stuff so we opened this co-working space and while we were there and not not many people were co-working there (laughs) we uh we ran some workshops and events and one of the one of the workshops i ran was um you know, it was called, um, the podcasters meetup group. So people would come and learn about podcasting starting to be interested in podcasting. I fell in love with podcasting as a new mom. I would put my earbuds in, take my son for a walk and listen to all these episodes like I love this podcasting thing yet. I'd look around and ask my mom friends, what podcasts do you guys listen to? And none of them knew any they were like, What is the podcast? What are you talking about? Again, a little too early for the timing, but um, we opened this co-working space, started doing workshops. And then so I started getting all these people who needed help getting their business online. So digital marketing needed, they went to, they were either personal trainers or nutritionists or people who went to school for that technician. And then they had to go out and and do business and they didn't know how to do business. Well, thankfully for, I learned how to finally do business in the fitness industry <laughs> and I was able to show them how to get their first customers and they didn't need a pretty website, but how to do a funnel and all these, all these, all these marketing things that i had learned um so i started really a marketing consulting business and we were doing all things for everyone but it was so funny because they literally need they they kept being stuck in their head they needed a pretty website before they can get customers so exactly what you said <laughs> earlier it's like they needed that pretty website before they can get customers
0: <laughs> well and it's it's really just a uh, uh- a procrastination excuse. Right? And, and that so many use their website or the next thing or the next thing that, that isn't selling, isn't selling their product or service. And, and the reality is that's where you should start selling your product and service, testing your product and service, putting your product and service out there, and then worry about all this silly backroom, you know, stuff like a website and a sales page and a, a marketing funnel and you know, if you don't have an offer, a funnel is kind of worthless.
1: Absolutely, right? So it's like, wait, what are those pieces that go first? And How do you get them going so that you can actually have a business, right?
0: Well, and, and testing them organically, right? We're all convinced if I could just make this funnel, if I could just make this website, if I could just have this piece, it would do all the work for you. But you've got to know that your offer works. You've got to know that your offer provides the value that, that you're putting out there. And the only way you can do that is to get people to do it and test it and buy it, and then once those things happen organically, then you can put all those systems into place, and they're going to work ten, a hundred times better because you've you've, got, you've obviously created an offer that works.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And it was funny. And meanwhile, while I was helping other people figure this all out, what I was doing, Robert, in my business was quite funny. And I look back at it now. And um, I remember there was a point, one of my really good friends, Kristen, she's like, Michelle, I know you're really good at what you do, but she's like, I have no clue what you do for work. (laughs) And what I was doing was helping people with their funnels, their websites, their marketing, their podcasts, their publishing books, everything under the sun, uh, under the marketing umbrella, but I wasn't known for anything. And this is where I was helping people do a lot of things, but not really helping my own business grow
0: at that moment. So similar to what your family said about your dad,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. What exactly are you doing? What exactly do you do for your, your business? And so I remember that moment was like, Oh shoot. She's so right. Like I'm not known for anything. So I dropped absolutely everything that we were doing. And I had fallen in love with podcasting at that moment. And so, and I saw podcasting slowly become more and more popular, right? It was now it was in my car, it was on my TV, it was in my earphones. Now, a couple of people said they do what podcasts were when I asked them. And I was like, okay, there's something to this podcasting thing. Clients started asking us to help them with their podcast. So, Dropped everything else and focused on podcasts. And that was ten years ago. We haven't looked back since then. But so now we're known for podcasting. Now it's so much easier for people to refer to us. It's so much easier for people to come to us to help them because now they know we're the podcasting people. It's, I'm known for the podcasting in the podcasting world. Um, and so now my friend who said that, you know, she didn't know what I did. Uh, she's like, now I know you're the podcasting girl. That's cool. <laughs> and well, now that's... that they know what podcasting is, it even makes it even cooler, right? Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. I know what you do and I know what it means <laughs> right now. I seen it on TV.
1: I seen that podcasting thing on TV. It's
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, and obviously over the last two years, podcasts have just taken off because of, you know, a, the number of people that were locked in their homes and, and wanting to get a message out and, and the possibility of, you know, launching a podcast or putting a podcast out there, or at least having, you know, the extra eight hours in a day that you're stuck in your house to listen to a podcast um, have brought podcasts, you know, 10 times, a hundred times from where they were you know prior to being locked up.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And I think too, a lot of businesses when all of a sudden they were at home locked up, how are we going to speak to our customers? Like, and I think this was a way, this was a bridge to start a relationship with those Those consumers when they're at home still (laughs) from their home offices. We did lose quite a few listeners though, because those people that were commuting back and forth every day to work listening to podcasts were no longer commuting. (laughs) But we had a lot more people listening from their home now.
0: (laughs) It is a challenge. I, I you know between either podcast or audible and and my audible credits piled up because I I there was a period where I'd lost my listening time that was normal, right, in my car and commuting. And so, so yeah, I quit listening to podcasts and and my audible books because I wasn't in the car anymore. (laughs) So there is a, there was a challenge to, you know, find that time in my schedule. Oh, wait, I need to be more intentional about when I'm going to listen to these podcasts and and catch up on these books. And, and, and it was, it was challenging. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: You know, it's funny. um, My husband and I, About five years ago, uh, we decided that we were going to we were done with like the rat race of the city. And so we sold everything and we moved um, to his family's uh, property, um, which is on a lake. And so we actually live off the grid on a lake now where we have to take a boat to the car. I can't listen to podcasts on that boat ride. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work. It's too loud. It's just too loud in my ears. So that was disappointing. <laughs> I lost my podcast car listening time
0: too. <laughs> Dad gum Now I got to listen to a book while the motor goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> read a book actually. Uh, challenging. So let's talk a little bit more about just that idea of, of listeners or uh, the idea that podcasts is a way, another way to communicate with your customers. And for years and years, it was the blog, right? Everybody needed to have a blog. If you had a business and you have a website, you better have a blog. But now, obviously, how, much, how does a podcast take a blog to another level?
1: Well, yeah, that's a great question. It's interesting, actually, too, some statistics around that is that there's actually more blog posts published in the last three days than there are podcasts in existence. So there's still be more blogs out there than podcasts. <laughs> but we're kind of like where we were with blogging in 2014 now with podcasting, where it's really popular. It's really Uh, it's really growing. And so helping your listeners, um, uh, helping your listeners, uh, find you on your, on your own website. I think your podcast needs to be embedded into a blog post too, because it's actually the written content that is still being picked up by the search engines, um, in order to help your podcast get discovered and found. So if you're just putting your player on your website, uh, that's not really helping you at all. If you're putting your player with a transcript and show notes on your website, then you're helping your show be found a lot more. And then it's actually... Looks like you're putting it as a blog post on your blog. So, uh, the power of the the written content is really what's going to help your podcast grow a lot. As far as far as the search engines go, they haven't quite figured out how to index the voice yet on Google, but it's coming down the road very quickly. And once it does, then podcasters are going to be way ahead of everybody else.
0: Well, especially those podcasters that are doing video and audio, right? right? And I think obviously they're going to index both probably pretty fast but i think youtube's going to index videos as part of their you know their movement forward and and yeah it's going to be it, it's going to be next level <laughs> Yeah, uh, podcasters all
1: of a sudden is gonna be like way ahead of everybody else, right? So much audio content out
0: there. (laughs) I hope so. Yeah,
1: (laughs) well now you can still you can still see it now. Like if you search certain terms, you'll see um, podcast episodes now. Like so, say we're talking about you know Mercedes Benz in an episode. Um, That episode can now be pulled out when people are searching Mercedes Benz as a podcast, which is great. I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, in recognizing the power of of SEO and and search engines, and, and tying your podcast to to that, um, how how else do you encourage your clients to help their podcasts be found?
1: Yeah. So lots of great, lots of great ideas of how to help your podcast get found. Um, of course, the, the basics are making sure you're publishing it consistently, regularly, um, making sure you've got some great titles that are capped, captivating your audience. So using some keywords in the titles is helpful. Publishing show notes and transcripts are also really helpful. Um, But then once you've covered kind of those basics, like you're promoting it out on Twitter and you're promoting it out. The only reason I say Twitter is because that's where the media is. So the reason, we, the only reason to use, okay, Twitter, don't get mad. The only reason to use Twitter really is because that's where the media picks up things. So you want to publish on Twitter because uh, you never know if something could be newsworthy that um, people can pick up on Twitter and follow all the news uh, outlets on Twitter. Um, the other thing you want to do with your show is publish it on places where your audience already is. So, for example, you could publish your podcast on Medium.com, where there's millions of readers there every day reading over there. And then my favorite one is getting yourself out on other podcasts to be interviewed to lead back to your podcast. So there's nothing better than growing your it's kind of like, you know, Robert, remember back in the day where there was like backlinking from websites, right? Well, that's, I think that's of podcasting. Still, that's right? still a thing. <laughs> right, it's still a thing. And I think of podcasting as like the best backlinking thing out there, right? So you've got a podcast and you, you go and be on other podcasts that links back to your podcast, creating that nice spider web out there. of Content that's working for you 24-7. So those are some of the things that I love to see our clients do to grow their podcast.
0: Well, and, and that's organic backlinking, right? And so totally. you're not forcing yeah. the SEO because you're actually, and, and it, it increases Google's trust and confidence of, in you because, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, this podcaster linked back to this podcaster. They're both podcasters talking about business, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And, and Google's elevating you based on not just the fact that you have backlinks, but the fact that those backlinks amplify your authority is so powerful
1: Absolutely. And that's one other tip I would give to, on that specific topic is make sure when you're sending those links out to the other podcast, make sure it's a link that's never going to change. Even if whatever on the page changes, that link always stays the same. I know we've changed website, Dave, so we've changed the links and it's such a pain to go back between all like the 200 200- and 300 episodes we've done and changed those links also all the ones that are out there right they're not valid anymore either so um something that uh, one of my coaches shared with me uh that he does he's got some uh, you know a domain name something easy like free gift from Robert.com or something like that so it's really easy never changes and it's uh, a, a way that people can always find you
0: oh that's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. If you're constantly changing your links, changing your domains, changing things around, you're messing up your backlinks, you're messing up your SEO and right. messing up the history that Google honors to to elevate your authority. And and Google really does know, right? If you're backlinking to a bunch of random pages, Google knows and they and Google will see it. Oh, these are these aren't real websites or these aren't authority figures. But if you're backlinked to the people that have been guests on your show, and then you're backlinked to the shows that you've been a guest on, right. and those are all legitimate pages that are growing and and getting traffic, you know, on Google, Google's going, Oh, we like this. Boom, boom, boom. And like you said, it creates that spider web, but you want to create a spider web that doesn't get cut up. Because <laughs> once right. it starts getting cut up, Google goes, Oh, that link's bad. Oh, there goes your credibility. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and absolutely and for google credibility is everything right mm-hmm. google doesn't want people to click on something that's popped up on google saying hey this is a great place to answer your question and they click it and it doesn't work google doesn't want that right i mean google absolutely is in the business of helping people find what they want to find that's their job mm-hmm. and and so if the link's quit working google's going to drop you like a brick Right, <laughs> and people don't recognize how powerful that is. I mean, that that really is a big deal. If yeah. you have broken links and and then you go and break your own links, yeah, Google definitely won't. <laughs> <laughs> won't be elevating you anytime soon.
1: Right? Yeah. And one of the great things about podcasting, though, is that, like, it's out there working for you 24-7, which is good. I mean, that's that's really, you have people going there all the time. You have people always going there to listen. So that's really helpful because there's constant traffic over there. Whereas, like, you know, if you're posting something on Facebook, it's gone in, like, 18 seconds, I think it is. <laughs> if you can even get people to stop and scroll and look at it, right? Whereas, like, the evergreen um Uh, component to podcasting is amazing. People that are over there listening 24 seven to your shows, which is amazing.
0: Absolutely. And, and that's the piece where that consistency is so important, right? Putting consistent content. And if you're dropping content on a Monday at nine o'clock, then you should be dropping it Monday at nine o'clock because people get used to your schedule and, and they're going to be waiting for it. If they're, if they're your loyal listeners and it doesn't drop that next day, the next week, the next time they're waiting, they're going to skip it and they're going to find somebody else pretty fast.
1: I can tell you as a listener, how I first got it started and listening to podcasting, it was a show called, uh, the eventual millionaire and I had just become a new mom and my brain was in that funk of like new new mom postpartum <laughs> depression probably trying to get motivated
0: exhaustion.
1: exhaustion like trying to get motivated to do anything again and I found this little purple app on my tv and it got me excited and I started listening to these great shows and then I can realize I can take them with me in my phone so I put my earbuds in and take my son for a walk every Monday morning if that show did not drop on a Monday morning when I was at that like vulnerable stage of my life, I would have been really mad. <laughs> I feel like, What do you mean? There was no show on Monday. I'm here. I've got my earbuds in. I'm ready to take my son for a walk <laughs> and there's no show. <laughs> but,
0: but it really, it really is. That consistency really is that important that, that you've created an expectation and and you're building an audience that that you want to honor, right? Yeah. And so when your audience is out there looking for you, You want to be there when they expect you to be there. I mean, you know, we, 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 we're used to schedules, right? We have a TV schedule and, and I know that some people have gotten away from that where, you know, Netflix is, and now I know that some people wait until an entire series is out or entire season is out so that they can binge it, right? You can go from (laughs) one to another, to another, but the truth is when, when there's some that just wait for the episodes to drop and they want it to be there when, when it drops. And so, consistency can be really really powerful so so what's another area where podcasters need to be consistent
1: yeah well consistency with publishing on a regular basis but consistency like with your messaging too because if you're speaking to cat lovers in one week and then you're speaking to dog lovers the next week that's not super consistent <laughs> so you want to make sure you're attracting the right people um, for the right message so being consistent with the way you're speaking to your audience as well so name the audience Is that, that was really helpful we have the amplify you family that we talked to you um, on another podcast I do is Potapalozians because they're people that come into the Pottapalooza event. So um name your audience makes it really fun. And then speak to that one person. Speak to speak to one person who is in that audience every time you're speaking. And then it feels like they're you're you will feel like you're speaking directly to them in their earbuds.
0: <laughs> well that's that's really important too is is not just name your audience but know your message. Right. right. And and make sure that your message is honoring that that audience. Um, and I think for entrepreneurs that that challenge and, and I assume we're going to call podcasters entrepreneurs at this point, because mm-hmm. if you're if you're listening to the show and you're thinking about a podcast, I it, it mean, it's it's as entrepreneurial as as being an author is. And so um, that that idea of niching down, of narrowing down, you know, for, for some people, I, I want to help everyone right? And they feel like if I narrow it down too far, I won't get enough people. But the actual, it's the opposite. That's true.
1: Yeah. So true. I feel like uh, also there's something that happens in podcasting is that there's this voice that gets, more and more clarity and more and more confident the more you use it and so I think there's a little bit of a, a little bit of something called pod fade I don't know if you've heard about this Robert but pod fade happens in podcasting for a few different reasons pod fade means that you didn't make it past like episode 20 like put your fade out after episode 20 or before episode 20 and there's very very actually 75% of shows don't make it past episode 20 um and so pod fade is real and so they're just exactly what you said. There's there's a way you can get around the pod fade and that is using your voice, being using it make, to get more clarity and more confidence in who you're speaking to, but don't be afraid to, to pivot your show and keep your show. Cause I think when I first started podcasting, I thought my show needed to, to be this and then I, I couldn't change over time, even though my evolution is personal development and also, evolution of my business changed. My podcast was still way back here. So now we call this something like realignment, relaunching, and keeping your business and your podcasts at the same, um, realigning and re- recalibrating your podcasts to keep up with your your voice and your evolution of your market as time goes on in your podcast.
0: We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, Dream Life Planner move from tired and overwhelmed to free and empowered by Noel L. Peterson available on Amazon or you can order a personalized signed copy at empower, empower 2 dreamcom that's empower number 2 dream.com if you enjoy the show please like and subscribe leave a review tell your friends welcome back let's get back to more greatness so let's let's chat about that a little bit as obviously it's kind of like when we talked about your first business right you started the fitness boot camps and you were doing the boot camps and so you you figured out your audience by by selling your product and putting it out there and now you're talking about for a podcaster as as you get your voice as you get past those 20 episodes it it might be necessary to rebrand mm-hmm. and relaunch is that what you're saying
1: yep just recalibrate a little bit because you, maybe you started off thinking that you were gonna be talking about um talking about to um, talking to entrepreneurs let's just say entrepreneurs so talking to all entrepreneurs out there, but actually as the more you went on, maybe you're only talking to entrepreneurs that are making over six figures. And that's really your audience. So that's a great time for a new season. Second season, you're more specifically not talking to entrepreneurs over six figures. Maybe third season is something different, but it allows you to keep your show going and you can refer back to the first season. If you're not out over six figures, go back to the beginning and listen to what we talked about in season one. It's a, it's a good way to keep your show going without it having to stop and being like, oh, no, I don't talk about that anymore. I have to start this all over again or I have to abandon the show altogether. Um, so that's one of the ways that you can keep your show going and keep it relevant. And we have um, a four episode um, four episodes that we do that will help you relaunch and recalibrate your show at any time that you can plug those in either at the beginning or the new season or any anytime you want to recalibrate your show and what it does is it brings people back to your story why you guys started what you're doing what your framework is for working with people and how then they can in some case studies and some people that will help you showcase model what you're how you're helping people so those are four episodes that we drop in at any time that we need to
0: recalibrate or relaunch. all right you're going to give us what those four episodes are
1: yeah, so the first one is kind of your overview of your, um, your story, your origin story, how you got started. And what was the struggle that you had that your listeners are now also struggling with? And then you discovered something that helped you overcome that struggle. So that's episode two. We talk about the framework of what you use to help people over through. Get through these struggles. So, for example, if we were talking about podcasting, I would say we discovered that you need to have the five pieces in order to have a successful podcast launch. And that would be creating it, launching it, marketing it, managing it, and monetizing it. Those are the five things that you need in a podcast. So, that would be episode two, would be going through that framework. Episode three, then you would want to bring in some people that you've helped go through that framework or some stories of yourself going through it or other people going through it. So, that's episode three. Um, why you're bringing in other people is you're going to help them show them some internal beliefs that you're going to conquer. Like it won't work for me. I'm in the anxiety niche that doesn't work for me, or I'm in this niche that won't work for me. So you're going to help them overcome some of those objections by, by sharing stories of people who have overcome those things that they're thinking. And then number four is the money and time. An audience, so the external objections, so how you could overcome some of those things. I don't have time to do a podcast. I think podcasting is going to be too expensive, um, all those kind of things. Um, I don't have any audience who's going to listen to me. You would overcome those things in the fourth episode, all while that you're building a relationship. So these four episodes allow you to build a foundation again and then a relationship with your audience and your audience to get to know you again. Where we find this specifically very, very helpful is if you were someone that jumped into your podcast and started interviewing people right away, you haven't really allowed the audience to get to know you. Um, Therefore, this is a good time to put these four episodes in so the audience gets to know you.
0: Nice. Mm -hmm. All right. Now you threw another five steps in there and and you just snuck them right in. And so (laughs) you talked about the five steps for a podcast or to launch a podcast. So now I'm gonna ask you to, to share it with real quick.
1: <laughs> All right, we can unpack this for sure. Yeah, it's just five main pillars to having a successful podcast. And we call it like a profitable podcast. And because having a profitable podcast means not necessarily that you're monetizing it through ads and sponsorship and you're getting tons of downloads. The profitable podcast means that you're um, reaching your show and your business are connected together and you're able to make it work as a as a, a combination of um, business and podcasts. So, um, the first one would be creating the show. So creating your show, and there's a few steps that go involved with that, right? Getting the messaging down, uh, making sure that you have, um, something that you are excited to talk about for more than five episodes. Right? So the creation of the show, then comes the launching of the show. So once you've created the show, you've got all the assets you need, then we want to launch it and we want to launch it with a bit of momentum. So we want to get other people involved in the show. We want to create a bit of movement with the show. Um, and so launching the show. And after you've launched the show, well you better figure out how to keep it going. <laughs> so that's where the podcast management comes in. And actually this piece right here, uh Robert, is really why I have a business <laughs> in the podcasting space is because once people launch, um it's a little bit of work and to keep it going. (laughs) It was fun getting it started, but then realizing you got to do it on every, every day, every week basis. So where we help our podcasters, we take on the management part. So they just send us the files after they record. We do all the publishing and editing and syndicating and show notes and all that other stuff. So they don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So the management is a big piece of it. And the management is important in order for it to keep going.
0: Absolutely. They won't fix themselves.
1: <laughs> right? And then you need a strategy to get yourself out there. So getting yourself out there and marketing your show. Um, believe it or not, the number one way that shows are still uh, found is by word of mouth, which I find that so surprising. <laughs> but word of mouth is still the number one way a podcast is found. Um, so getting yourself out there and putting yourself back onto podcasts podcast yourself, marketing your show. Marketing is our fourth pillar here. That means marketing your show uh, organically um, on other platforms and getting your show consistently marketed on platforms where your audience are already there. And then the fifth one is monetization. So once you've got those first four pillows, pillars of the foundation setup, set up, the last one is monetization. And so creating a way that your business and your podcast will connect together and the call to action from the podcast, bridging people over into your business
0: nice and and that and that's obviously where the rubber meets the road right i mean you can have a lot of stuff going on in your podcast but in, until it amplifies your authority to the point of creating a client relationship you you're you're just out and Absolutely. and I guess there are lots of podcasts that are just out there talking, right? I mean, mm-hmm. some of the most popular podcasts aren't necessarily business podcasts. There's right. murder mysteries and mm-hmm. and you know, almost like books or movies or stories right. and all yeah. of those yeah, um, I didn't know any of those existed before I started podcasting. And and then I start podcasting and start seeing the podcast lists and and directories and, and you're like what on earth is all this stuff?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So those I would call those podcasts, those are podcasts. Those podcasts are businesses themselves. Of course. So like they're making money through the ads and sponsorships. So the podcast is the business itself where you and I work with people who are entrepreneurs. They already got a business. <laughs> they don't need another business. They need their podcast to help feed that business with leads. Right. So we're using it as a different kind of tool. Um, And so I, I think it's interesting because the whole world in the podcasting space is so, so focused on download numbers that it really doesn't, the download numbers really aren't that important um, is what you do on the podcast and what you, how you sit, what you, how you talk to the podcast and who you connect with on the podcast. That really is what moves the entrepreneur's podcast, uh, what moves the needle for them.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think it's, it's really easy to get pulled into this podcaster world and get, get caught up in the, in the podcast download numbers and, Mm -hmm. and, and try to, I mean, I I get offers all the time, mostly on Instagram of people that want to bump my numbers. I mean, you know, I can pay, I can pay a hundred dollars and get 2,500 downloads and five reviews. And, and I'm like, Wait, what? <laughs> it, you know, I mean, so the if you get caught up in the numbers and the numbers become the thing, then you figure out ways to cheat the numbers and right. and you're not getting the, the result that you ultimately want. Right, of, which
1: then if you, you have twenty five hundred going... yeah, five twenty five hundred new downloads of people who you no know, don't understand English or right. don't, aren't gonna use your services anyways is not really helpful. <laughs>
0: No, sounds not, good <laughs> not at all, but but then, and so I've had 200, 200 shows recorded. We're we're, we're our two hundredth episode drops August 9th. And, and so you know we're we've we've definitely relationship because I think they're really cool thing, and and then, but the idea of of numbers comes in. And it's only happened twice. I've had two people that I've invited to be a guest and they say, "Well, what are your download numbers?" And 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 one just sent me their standard, and it said, "You know, well, ten thousand downloads per episode before this person will come on your show." I'm like, "Well, okay, you're only going to see the top point half a percent of entrepreneur, you know, business podcasts because ten thousand downloads per episode is like epic." level.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah you'll be in the <laughs> top to 5% the of all podcasts.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And 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 so for me it was like, okay, that number is I mean sure it's a goal, maybe like if I've got 10,000 downloads like I won't need you as a guest anymore.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. And it's interesting. I mean. <laughs> because I, it's very interesting. I have a client who he is well known. He's a celebrity status, but he will go on any and every podcast because he's like, I don't care if it's 100 people are listening or 10,000 people are listening. Someone needs to hear my message, and that's all that matters. I and so, it, right? right? Isn't that? And to I be think clear, that's that- like, yeah.
0: Yeah, the majority. I mean, I've, like I said, I've interviewed hundreds of people now, including you know very and big
1: names people. you've interviewed yes, too. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, we've had great connections, and every connection gives us more connections, and and mm-hmm. that's been a really powerful piece of podcasting. So if you're listening and you're starting a podcast and you're worried that oh, I only have a hundred downloads, I only have the majority of people don't ask, and and so including celebrities, the majority. The majority don't ask. And then if you get a celebrity to introduce you to a celebrity or an influencer to introduce you to an influencer, they definitely don't ask because they're going on the, the person, you know, on the quality of the interview and the quality of the conversation. And they're saying, hey, you know, if Bob really loved the show and Bob said I should be on the show, then I trust Bob and, right. and I want to meet you and I want to be on the show. And and 99% of the, the people I get introduced to, that's where they're coming from. And so right. all you have to do is ask. If you want somebody to be a guest on your show, ask. And the other cool thing I've done, and, and I know uh, Evans loves this, and so I'm sure you will too, that on the bottom of my email, I have a Google sheet attached that has your my dream, dream, dream 100 yeah. on it. And, and so most of I those I took people, a look
1: to see if I can connect you with any of them. <laughs>
0: nice. So, so most of those people I've reached out to at least once. Yeah. And you know, some I get rejections. Most you get ignored, um, but one of my guests reached out to somebody that I had reached out to, and said, "I was just on this really great show, and he's got a Dream 100, and you're on his Dream 100, and I think you'd make a great guest." And that person said yes because oh my, my guest made that connection, <laughs> and and I had made the connection, and I'd already chatted with his assistant and. And the assistant, we always kicking it down the road, he's busy, he's this, he's that. Yeah. But because of my guest's endorsement, and and she was a local coach just like just like me. And she just did it on on the whim, said, Hey, I loved your book and it's really great. And and boom, here's here's this connection. And that's so,
1: awesome. <laughs> so so
0: you just never know how these connections are gonna happen. And and I think that's one of the most powerful things about podcasting, and it was the number one reason that I started my podcast was because I can get voices in front of my audience, in front of my clients that would never sit down with me and have a conversation, would never take a phone call from me for half right. an hour. Yeah. And yet I can call and say, hey, I've got this podcast for entrepreneurs. I'd love to have a conversation. And they'd be like, sure, no problem. And most of them give me an hour. Some of the celebrities give you 30 minutes, but even 30 minutes is like fantastic. Like these are conversations I'm having with multimillionaires that like like I say, would never take a phone call.
1: <laughs> right. I say I have a parenting podcast, right? And I say Uh, To my my friends, I'm like, I get hundreds of hours of free parenting coaching. And that's why I do that podcast. I'm a much better mom because of it. (laughs) It's really the main reason I do that podcast. I
0: I will tell you that the majority of that Dream 100 is because I want to have a conversation with these people. And I want to learn from them. Absolutely. And I know, of course, if I'm learning from them, then all the people listening are going to learn stuff too. And so that's what's so fantastic about it. It's so, so powerful of a connection tool. So let's talk about connecting and the power of of connecting. And for those people, especially those people that are afraid to reach out to influencers and celebrities to have conversations.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? One of the best tools to to be able to do that is have a podcast play. Because, you know, you're reaching out, you're leading with service, um, and you're you're offering them a platform to come on to. Um, You're giving first Um, which is why you don't often hear people say no. No, thanks. No, you always hear, yes, I would love to be on the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, When can we schedule it, right? So it is the easiest way to open doors uh, to conversations. So I specifically have two different kinds of shows on my podcast, Amplify You. One is called behind the mic, and behind the mic, I only interview podcasters. And I interview two types of podcasters: one, the ones that we've worked with, so I get to showcase them and talk about them and elevate them. Two, I interview people that we don't work with in hopes that maybe they might need some help or some support, and we can, might be able to work with them afterwards. So two types of podcasters on that show. On the other type of interview we do on that show is called Ask the Experts. So I bring experts who can help podcasters grow their business. Well, guess what? Those people are my joint venture partners, my collaborators. That's how Evans and I actually met is through and interviewed on each other's podcasts. Now we have a business together. Um, So there's so many different ways that you can use your podcast not only focus on the download numbers and your amazing audience, but also leveraging the tool of the podcast to open doors and build relationships with other people. And I was at PodFest a few weeks ago and it's I was speaking there and it's interesting, not many people are talking about that. Not many people are talking about the power of connecting with the people through your podcast to grow your business. Uh, it's really the best networking tool out there. You don't no longer have to have coffee dates. You no longer have to have awkward Zoom calls with people you don't know to get to know each other. You just invite them on your podcast and you'll get to know what kind of people you want to have a second conversation with.
0: <laughs> I One of the most powerful ways to monetize a podcast is to interview your ideal clients.
1: Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> that's another way of doing it, right? Your ideal clients.
0: If you interview your ideal clients and then guess what? At the end of an episode, you say, man, it sounds like your business is doing this and this, and I could help you take it mm-hmm. in even a step further. I'd love to have a conversation. Boom! <laughs> you're, you're you've created an opportunity to to take it to another level, and I think one of the challenges you, you mentioned you're offering them a platform, and so you're giving first. But for a beginning podcaster, at least I know, like for me, I felt like those guys were doing me a favor in the beginning, and I had to switch that mindset to yeah. No, I'm doing them a favor. I'm giving them a platform, mm-hmm. and and that shift in in my mindset of my podcast is really valuable. I'm giving them a platform to reach my audience Mm -hmm. and, and they couldn't reach my audience if I didn't open that door for them. And that value is really, it really is a big deal.
1: Huge. Yeah. You're all about adding value. This is a huge way to add value, right? It's interesting too, because I think it's a different kind of mindset um, I, I love being on podcasts when they're like brand new because guess what? The first 20 episodes are the most listened to episodes ever, right? So people are people, some people are linear. They have to go back and listen to the first episodes first before they can move on. So those first 20 episodes are always listened to, right? And and even if you are new and beginning, you're like, uh, who's going to say yes to me? Start with who you know already. Just go easy. Make it easy on yourself. Have some great conversations with people you already know or already in your circle or people who say yes to everyone (laughs) those are great people to have on then you get comfortable you find your voice you find your step then invite on the people that you're a little bit more nervous to invite on (laughs) but i i love being them the first few episodes like you said like i said they're the most listened to episodes
0: (laughs) but not in the beginning in the beginning they're like three like your mom your your cousin that you begged to watch (laughs) it and i mean that's when it's tough, right? When you feel like, oh, I got three downloads. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got I got two downloads in that episode. I'm pretty sure one of them was me because I opened it on Audible. But <laughs> I, you know, it's it it can be discouraging, but the really cool thing about that is you're you're getting your wings, right? You're getting yeah. you're getting practice asking the questions, you're getting practice having the conversation and and not fumbling around and and you're finding your voice. You're finding what are the things that I, I want to talk about? What are the things that I want them to, to share? And so, so I think that's a great time to get good practice. And what's funny is those, like you said, those become your most listened to episodes. And so yeah. don't take them for granted. You know, invest in it. Do the research. Do the work. Make sure that you, you're, you know, you're, you're putting good stuff out there because it's only going to get better and better.
1: Well, me we was saying and amplify you. If you're not embarrassed by your first few episodes, you waited too damn long to put them out there. So, you know, and that just goes to show you like any one of us can look back at our first few episodes and they sucked because we didn't know what we we're doing. But we got better over time. And you know, even any Go back and listen to Joe Rogan's first episodes. They sucked. <laughs> he sucked. He wasn't very good, right? So uh, don't be afraid. Don't let that stop you. And another, you know, to the point of, you know, only a few people listening, the cool thing about podcasting now is that there's millions of listeners on the platforms already. So the second your show goes on, all you get your show on, all like 50, 60 platforms there's already people listening. So you'll have more than just your mom and yourself listening. So don't worry, (laughs) there will be people there and that number will grow over time. You might even get 20 people there at first. (laughs) There might even be 20 people that will just randomly find your show and then that will grow. And I have seen uh, clients' shows grow over month, over month, over month. And it hits this point where then it starts doubling month after month and it's really cool to see. But it's, it's those calls that you get where um your the podcasters have been have been going for a while and they're like i knew that i knew this was getting knew this was working because i got on a phone call to enroll someone in my coaching program and they said they listened to the last 100 episodes of their where do i sign and there's no sales conversation it was just like that's they know you you're their person you're you're the person for them
0: and that that's so powerful um i think you mentioned something in there that I didn't learn until almost episode 160 maybe. And I got entered. So I've obviously doing, I'm doing it. I'm doing what you guys are doing, doing what you guys teach. So I, you know, put my episodes out there, but I'm also getting on, on podcasts mm-hmm. to promote my podcast. And so being a guest and I was a guest on someone's show. And the very first instruction on their calendar link is go listen and review the show. I'm like, mm-hmm. duh. Like I've had all these guests on it and the first conversation with many of them is, Oh, I listened to one or two episodes. It was great. I said, did you leave a review? (laughs) Did you rate it? (laughs) Make sure you leave a review and you rate it because that's really valuable for especially an Apple and a couple of the, it's really important to, you know, but getting getting your guests so if i've had 200 guests on the show and have 200 guests that listen to at least one episode then, then that increases the download numbers
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah and if you think of you i know i look back i do the same thing with my show i ask them for a review and um surprisingly how many people don't like i i should have like at least 200 reviews on my show and i don't (laughs) so it's kind of disappointing that people even though when you ask them to do it they still don't do it i did robert though i did give you a review i promise (laughs) i loved your show and i did listen to it. especially love the one with john mitchell because john's one of my mentors and uh so cool how he's taken the book thinking girl rich and just turned it into like such a scientific formulaic Thing that really works and i'm going through that program with him right now it's incredible <laughs>
0: that's fantastic well on that note one of the things we i love to talk about um is is gratitude right the value of gratitude but also routines and so obviously if you're working through john's materials you're you're creating a new routine so how have routines helped you in in your business and in your personal growth
1: yeah, well, let me tell you, I fought against routine and order and, and schedules for a long time. I'm like, i am got into being a business so I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. Well, <laughs> as you know, Robert, the more routine you are and the more structured you are, the actual more free time you have. I took me like probably the first 10 years in business to kind of realize that. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time, um, uh, being messy with it all, but now I have you know certain days that I have free to work in my business. Certain times I do thinking as part of John's program. It's two days that we think for an hour, so we just think we don't do anything else but think. Um, I have my to-do list every day. I have my three things that I accomplish and check off. So yeah, having having a routine, but for first and foremost, knowing where I want to go that's got to be the first place because we can do all these routine things, but if we don't know what we're doing and where we're going, we're not going to go anywhere. So (laughs) having some goals in mind first was good.
0: No, absolutely. All right. So as we talked about routines and you mentioned, you know, time and, and wanting that freedom. So I want to ask about how important is play and fun.
1: Oh my gosh. So important. And I'm having this lesson brought back up again recently because I went through a huge business growth phase last in the last six months. And I haven't had a lot of fun in play in my life. Um, and I was feeling that part of me compressed a little because I was so focused on work. So and I, I find work fun. So I don't I don't feel like I'm missing fun. But it's six until someone said, Well, what do you like to do outside of work? And I was like, uh well usually i like to do this this and this but i haven't done any of that for a long time i was like okay we went on a family vacation to alaska a few weeks ago on a cruise ship and so that helped bring back some fun we're taking my kids camping next week and we have we live on the lake so we just uh are able to jump in and start swimming again and being out on the boat and having some more fun in our life
0: (laughs) so let's talk about one of the powers of entrepreneurship is that freedom is that ability to design the life that you want right know know what you want and then build the business to support it and now it sounds like you've gotten distracted from that but but you know you recognize the ability to build your business to support the life that you want to have
1: yeah absolutely not the other way around and it's interesting because sometimes Uh, the work success, you know, bigger and better and more things and more things and more things sometimes distracts you from like why you went into business in the first place. And when I started missing some of the kids like field trips or after school things, I was like, wait a second, hold it. This was the whole reason I'm doing this is so I don't miss those things. Uh, So really looking at what was working in our business, what was causing too much work and where we needed to kind of like refocus. One of the things that I'm really excited about is that we've turned our focus into um running some retreat they're called I'm calling them retreats but they're not really retreats they're called content creation camps where we're gonna go to Mexico two times a year and we're gonna do um something called a content creation camp we're gonna record a lot of our content for social media and podcasts and YouTube videos and stuff all in a one week period in Mexico, the place has a recording studio in it. So to me, that's adding tons of more fun. It's adding a new revenue stream, but it's also gets to, I also get to travel, which is one of my favorite things to do. So to me that just added a whole nother level of excitement and fun into my business. That's also going to bring in revenue.
0: Ah, love that. All right. So you mentioned a little bit about what you love to do with your family um what what do you love to do with your kids
1: oh my gosh i love being out in the water with my kids we do a lot of swimming we live on a lake kayaking swimming paddleboarding. uh my kids are really getting into um wakeboarding and wake surfing so that's a lot of fun i love going for hikes in the forest um so yeah we're a really outdoorsy outdoorsy family
0: nice all right michelle mm-hmm. what's the big dream
1: big dream, oh my gosh, it's already kind of come into fruition. So I need to start dreaming bigger again. Uh, Like I mentioned before, sometimes when you don't know where you're going, you need to get some bigger goals. So I did have a goal uh, last year of... you know, speaking a couple years ago, I was speaking internationally. I accomplished that goal. I had a goal of now publishing a book. So that's going to be my next goal. My next book that I'm working on um, is to be a published, published author. But our big, big vision with Amplify You is to help a million voices um, be heard through the power of podcasting.
0: Wow. Fantastic. All right, Michelle, I've spent an hour with a podcaster listening to the to the show and you want to leave him with Michelle's words of wisdom what would you share
1: oh my gosh um we both Robert and I said in this episode how we w- wish we'd started sooner than we did <laughs> so don't wait until all your ducks are in a row just get going first it's like riding a bike without training wheels Just press record and start recording. It doesn't have to be for anything in particular. Just start recording. Once you get comfortable doing that, then think about publishing the podcast, but press that record button sooner than you are ready for it. (laughs) You'll be glad you did.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Michelle, thank you so much for hanging out with me and having this great conversation. I appreciate you and, and all the value that you've shared with our audience today.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me, Robert. And thank you so much, audience, for listening. You're amazing.
0: If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode... Bruce Smith and Robert have shared ministerial backgrounds in their journey, and now Bruce is creating tools to help churches and nonprofits provide job search tools and job opportunities as a service to their communities. Bruce believes you can build a community and then create content to serve them.